0: Billy Irish has an unquiet mind, bubbling with plans and enthusiasm, moving fast but slowly going mad, living in a realm of hungry ghosts, just not rotating on the planet at the same speed as everyone else. One morning, Billy was still early in his descent down into the day's insanity when he heard about a new investment firm called Ironwood. Now, Ironwood was just a quiet little hedge fund on the West Coast, but Billy loved the name. As soon as he heard it, he knew he wanted to cover the account. He's like a drunk chasing a balloon near the edge of a cliff, running around the office, grabbing his crotch. I'm getting in Ironwood, thinking about Ironwood. Let me at him. His boss, however, is adamant. Ironwood is strictly middle markets, which is Wall Street code for investment funds that didn't matter. Why wouldn't a new client matter? In part because of a concept that had taken hold known as Price's Law which posits that half of your income is derived from the square root of the number of your clients. Billy's firm probably had 1,000 clients, so a little over 30 investment funds really mattered to them. Not only do the vast majority of clients not matter, they also waste your time and cause trouble. Billy was a senior sales guy, a big swingin' dick. He covered large accounts. Ironwood is a small account. They don't trade a lot, so they don't matter much. They're middle markets. His boss says it's the new hire's responsibility. Let's call her Liz. Liz? Liz couldn't manage a celery farm. You give me ironwood, boss. Give me the ironwood. Then Billy starts rubbing his crotch up against his boss's leg. Everyone's laughing because the business used to be fun back then. So Liz jokingly suggests Billy come with her to San Francisco to meet the account. That satisfies Billy. Because he doesn't really care if he gets to know these people. He's just a mental case. Liz and Billy actually get on pretty well. The market is up, which helps, but Liz also had a good sense of humor and recognized the abdication of responsibility meant opportunity for people like her. The flight to San Francisco leaves in the early afternoon, and this ends up being a bit of an issue. It's like Billy conjured up three hours of extra drinking time. Their firm allows first-class travel for coast-to-coast flights, so Billy and Liz drink Jack and Cokes the whole way there, polish off a couple of bottles of wine at dinner, Then Billy disappears into the Castro district with one of the hotel towels, flicking random people in the ass with it. The next morning, there's no sign of Billy, and while she's a little worried, Liz is secretly relieved. She's spoken to Ironwood on the phone, and they just seem like very nice people, a rarity on Wall Street. If Billy's a bit too excitable, they may not see the funny side of it. Their meeting with Ironwood is at 7 a.m. Liz is never late for anything. She arrives at every meeting 20 minutes ahead of time sometimes earlier if she's in a strange city. She then sits in the lobby and reviews her notes, checks in with security five minutes beforehand, and walks in a minute before. Not a minute earlier, which might seem disruptive, and not a minute later, which would imply her time is more valuable than the client. She's ushered into a conference room and is startled to see that Billy is already there. He pats the seat next to him. Ah, not to worry, love. I turned my shirt inside out so they can't tell I didn't make it home last night bet you an eight-pound lobster we can get these guys to trade more stocks than any other client today." Liz looks at Billy aghast. Billy's shirt is indeed inside-out, and he has a happy, maniacal grin on his face. Liz is perfectly, conservatively presented, and now has a sad, resigned smile on hers. The top management of Ironwood comes into the conference room. They're a small team, so they can wear whatever they want in their office, but have some suits on as a token of respect. Both because they are a small client, and also because their counterparty has flown all the way out to see them from New York. Liz was right. They are very nice people. A rarity on Wall Street. Ironwood outlined their business model. They have a conservative strategy. Their mandate is first to preserve their investors' capital, and then to carefully appreciate it. They have a long-term time horizon. Don't short very often. Don't trade complex derivatives. Don't invest in sectors they don't understand. A majority of their own wealth is within the fund. Their interests are aligned with their partners. Liz is the picture of attentiveness. She asks how they execute their orders and how they choose algorithms or counterparties to do so. Ironwood explains that at any stage, they have 800 or more orders in the market, each at a level where their internal rate of return, or IRR, compares favorably to the risk-adjusted expected return of the overall S&P. They buy the stocks with the highest IRRs, and sell the ones with the lowest. They also rely varyingly on a macro worldview. At the moment, they think Moore's Law may be revised. Technology could be moving into a multi year secular outperformance, and financials look vulnerable to the housing markets. In some subsectors of banking, perhaps even outright fraud. Once that strategy is complete, they then use Transaction Cost Analysis, or TCA, to determine tactics. That involves figuring out which of the brokerages ALGOs perform best and often switch between them depending on implementation shortfall costs. Liz nods her head at the right moment to keep Ironwood talking and get as much information from them as possible so that she can react in the most effective manner. She asks if they use a multivariate analysis to determine their counterparties and how they adjust performance metrics for the presence of -of out-of-the-money limit levels. Sheesh! This seems just like a bunch of nonsense to Billy Irish. So to lighten the mood, he starts making dick jokes. Want to hear a joke about my Ironwood? Never mind, it's too long. Had a fight with my Ironwood this morning. Beat it single-handedly. What happened to the Chinese guy who walked into a wall while sporting an Ironwood? Smashed his nose. What's the difference between Iron Man and Iron Woman? One is a superhero, and one's a command... What's the difference between your marriage and your Ironwood bonus? Your wife will always end up blowing your bonus. So it looks like we got a bunch of Ironwood employees with limp dick tactics. Huh. well that's an ironic situation. Strange as it may sound, the clients tolerate this to a certain extent. Liz will later speculate that it hadn't occurred to them that the name of their fund could make it sound like they were running around investing with massive hard odds. But everyone crosses a line, or six, and eventually one of the managing partners fixes Billy with a stare. Enough of this, he says. You've had some fun at our expense now, but have you really been listening? Do you have anything to offer us besides cheap jokes and scorn? Billy has been called up. He's on the spot. He responds with the usual boundless, mindless enthusiasm in his own prospects, but also a moment of absolute lucidity. This is what he said. Well, look, your TCA's garbage because it's a self-selected group, where the fixed limits skew your results and bad data makes you choose the wrong counterparties. Those stocks with high prospects and IRRs? Intel, Apple, Microsoft, Adobe? Fucking buy them. And the ones you want to sell? WAMU, Ambek, Countrywide? Sell them now, today. A good plan violently executed now is better than a perfect one later. Take your limits off. We'll be so much success. When you use limits, you are limiting yourself. Take your limits off. You'll have so much success. We'll be so much success. Something clicks with the Ironwood founder during Billy's outburst. Liz takes over the details, they remove all the limits on their open orders, and exclusively use her direction to execute them. All 800. The meeting is so much success. If there's a lesson to this story, well, then better a hot head than cold feet. Also, mental illness is arguably a sane response to an insane world. And yes, when you put limits on a decision, you are limiting yourself. That's how Liz went on from this meeting to create one of the best sales teams on Wall Street. Pulling the trigger and acting on their strategy turned all the Ironwood founders into millionaires many times over. And Billy? Billy was stoked with his eight-pound lobster.